Shut up and sit down. The Doug and Joe Show. Our two cents. That you didn't even ask for. They didn't ask? Should we keep going? <laughs> the show about nothing and everything all at once. Well, 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 look at this. We're in episode two. I didn't think we'd survive episode one. Welcome to the Doug and Joe show. I'm Joe. And I'm Doug. And we're here to talk about two cents, our two cents. That you didn't even ask for. Wonderful times. Hey, you made a post uh, on your other uh, Facebook page there about um, about uh, and the size oh. of the art of human. Yes. And, and and I had mentioned, uh, you know, that there's Doug's two cents that we never asked for. I kind of got attacked on that one, didn't I? Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> that was pretty funny. I enjoyed it, though. I enjoyed it, though. So am I becoming the bad guy? You bad man. <laughs> you very, very bad man. You bad man. You very bad man. You very lazy bad man. He's a very bad man. He's a very, very bad man. I'm wondering if that's kind of kind of my persona. Did I kind of put myself in that position here? Well, Joe, you are a Montreal Canadiens fan. Well, that's because <laughs> I'm smarter than you, Doug. Well, that's you're why you're the bad guy. <laughs> so, okay, I'll take it if I'm a Habs fan. Speaking so, of sports. We're talking about so, sports. Good segue. So, <laughs> yeah, good, good segue. Sports. So, uh, hockey's a sport. Football's a sport. Well, if they keep going the way they're going, it might not be. Um, <laughs> baseball, <laughs> soccer, sport. basketball. Well, basketball. But these are all sports we've heard of, Doug. Very popular sports. Very popular sports. Did you know that there's a lot of sports out there that me and you probably never heard of? And a lot of our fans, our listeners, all six of them, never heard of it either. Well, just so happens that... We're going to list five. our top five favorite top five. Sports, sports you never sports heard of. The question is, the radical left, will you shut who is up, man? Listen, who is a- Who's going first, Joe? I think I'll go first because, uh, you know, this one really made me laugh because uh, my wife and I uh, have not tried this one. And uh, made me really want to. Uh, it's called wife carrying. So wife carrying is Finnish um, and Swedish. Uh, they, it's a contest in which male competitors race while each carrying a female teammate. Most of the time, probably their wife. The objective is is for the male to carry the female through a special obstacle track in the fastest time. The sport was first introduced in. Sunkalsjärvi, Finland. <clears throat> Several times uh, of carrying, maybe uh, practiced either a classic piggyback, uh, different styles and types. You know, a fireman's carry, you know, over the shoulder, or Estonian style. You know, the wife upside down on his back with her legs over the neck and shoulders. Now, does the wife have to be like a certain weight and stuff like that? Oh, oh, my back. Ah, 
I threw out my back. Oh, boy! Now's my chance. Well, there are rules. Uh, the length of the official track is 253.5 meters. Um, I don't know how many kilometers that is, but it, it sounds like a pretty big track. Has to have two dry obstacles and, and Douglas, a water obstacle about one meter deep. Well, the wife is to be carried. Maybe your own or the neighbor's wife, or you may have found her further afield. She must, however, be at least 17 years of age. Not sure why on that one. Uh, maybe just legal purposes, just in case they get hurt. Uh, the minimum weight, here it is, Doug. Your question answered. The minimum weight of the wife to be carried is 49 kilograms. She, if she weighs less than 49 kilograms, she will be burdened with a rucksack containing additional weight to bring the total load to be carried up to 49 kilograms. So it's an actual rule. They must enjoy themselves. I'm having a wonderful time. So it's a straight out race or it's they do the course and it's based on time. It's obstacles, uh, straight on race based on time and right. how probably how long you hold your wife up. If you drop her a million times, I'm sure that's a factor. I'm just reading ahead here. And I don't see anything like that, but I'm sure it's part of it. So well, um, this has been going on since 1997 when Joni Jasilia of Finland and Tina Jasilia of Finland finished in 65 seconds. So it can't be that long. Uh, but, <laughs> yeah, they finished in 65 seconds. And the most recent in 2019 was Vitaltes from Lithuania and Narinja seconds. Joe, just yeah. make it up. Just make up the name. Nobody will notice. Fred. Fred? Okay. Fred from and Finland. Fred and Wilma <laughs> uh, got 66.7 seconds of, as of 2019. Wow. Well, I'll tell you what. I have a hard enough time lugging my own body through uh, an obstacle <laughs> course. You, so bro. I don't think I'll be joining that one. So, watch or change the channel? I might watch it once or twice, but I don't know for how much long. Uh, are you going to wear the team colors? Are you going to, you know, be rooting? Or... No? no, I just want to see them drop their wives in the water. <laughs> so. I hope your wife's not listening. <laughs> Okay, so on to, my, on to the next. Yeah, you're next. So Stop that one, Douglas. Well, Stop that one, sir. Since since we're oh, I'm gonna get crucified for this one, but uh, this segue. But since we're talking about wives and stuff, how about extreme ironing? <laughs> this is an '81 Honda. How dare you? Oh, Douglas, you did not go there. You did not go there. We're gonna pretend. Uh, uh, so make sure you message Doug on the Facebook page um, so get, uh, regarding that. I yeah. have nothing to do with that. Uh, yeah. Well, Joe wrote everything. So here we go. So anyways, so there's an actual extreme ironing bureau. On a scale of one to ten, one being not 
so extreme and 10 being extremely extreme, I give this a 9.5! And this bureau says that this extreme ironing sport is the latest danger sport that combines the thrills of extreme outdoor activity with the satisfaction of a well-pressed shirt. <laughs> or you made that up. Nice. No, nope. go to their website. Find it. Go to. You look it up on YouTube. It's it's crazy. So what what this is is these people take ironing boards to virtually anywhere you can think of caves, forests, waterfalls. They're on kayaks or on top of cars. They're even skydiving. And while they're doing these extreme sports, they got the ironing board out and they're pressing their fine nice shirt it's crazy underwater snowboarding you name it the sky's the limit no pun intended they do it all it's crazy you got it you got to youtube it extreme ironing and check this out so watch or change the channel well i i've been watching it already so it's pretty crazy that's the life hey i was watching that Careful that rabbit hole. Yeah. So my next one is, uh, you know, something very popular that's on the internet that they do know about is this slapping competition. You've seen that, right? Where yeah. they slap each other. Crazy Russians, mostly. Yes, the crazy <laughs> Russians. Uh, this one's actually a little different, but similar. It is shin kicking. Not to be confused with hacking or rugby. Ow. Shin kicking, also known as shin diggings or uh, purring, must be somewhere foreign, is a combat sport that involves two contestants attempting to kick each other on the shin in order to force their opponent to the ground. It has been described as an English martial art. It originated in England in the 17th century, when people were a little bit of a finer folk, and was one of the most popular events in the Cause World Olympic Games until the games ended in the 1850s. Now, what they do, Doug, <laughs> is they don't just have their shins exposed. I mean, like most sports, they do have protection. Whatever their pants they're wearing, they stuff it. They stuff it with hay. Oh, they got padding. And lots of hay. Like what? They got padding. You're not so tough. Yeah, hay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. So it's not direct to the shin. Oh, okay. Um, Soft. Yeah, yeah. It was, <laughs> a, you know, they brought it back, uh, British immigrants to the United States. It was included in the 1951 revival of the Cause World Olympic Games and remains one of the most popular events run as the World Shin Kicking Championship. So not only is it a sport, they have an event called the Championship, and it now draws crowds of millions not 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 thousands millions of spectators that it's pretty incredible that's uh you know what i i wouldn't think it's a sport but there it is well watch or change the channel i think i'm changing the channel on that one i think i'll agree with you there i'm going to change <laughs> the channel for sure all right quick change the channel so, um, so held in East Dublin in Georgia every summer since 1986, uh, this uh, athletic event, uh, 
it's a series of sports. It's actually, it's like their summer events. It's called the Redneck Summer Game. Ages do things in a different way. All games after Redneck's play. And you know, they hadn't even thought about it, but the river they're doing the kayak racing on is the same river they filmed Deliverance at. That ought to add a whole degree of difficulty, shouldn't it? Because if Ned Beatty couldn't make it down that thing, a Frenchman in a pair of bicycle pants ain't got a chance. Of course, being <laughs> in Georgia, right? Um, and, of course, it, it, there's thousands and thousands of people attend this. And some of the sports that they're playing in this little Olympics they have there are crazy. Like, there's mud belly flops. Uh, there's these dudes with these big, huge boilers on their bellies, and they're doing these big belly flops and mud pits. Guys, girls together, all sorts of things. Uh, some of the other events, toilet seat tossing. <laughs> well, that makes sense. And yeah. if you make a Montreal joke, I'd uh, swear to goodness, this is done <laughs> right now. Seed spinning. You know, they get the old... Um, you know, uh, sunflower seeds in their mouth, and uh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah spitting the farthest. Uh, dumpster diving, and oh, and and, and of course, one of my favorites, the armpit armpit serenades to close it nice. off the games. It sounds like a real redneck mud fest, probably beer and booze and bourbon fest. Whole lot of fun down there. Sounds like a lot of cousins involved. <laughs> yeah, maybe so. <laughs> maybe so. Uh, change the channel, or uh, we're going to sit down and watch that together? Uh, you know what? I uh, don't think I'd watch it for very long, I'll tell you that. Well, I think it'd be a select events. Yeah, I think, I think you'd watch the event once, and you wouldn't have to ever watch it ever again type of thing. Well, it depends <laughs> how good looking the cousins are, I suppose. Yeah, my wife, yeah, my wife is my cousin or whatever, but it's not like what you think, whatever, you know. Is she like a first cousin or is she? Yeah, no, she, you know, her, her father is the, is the brother of my mom. Well, anyways, all right, so we're going to change the channel on that one. On we go. All right, now, my, you, you we're a hockey fan, you're a Montreal fan, I'm a Montreal fan. I mean, uh, you're a Leaf fan. Sorry, I thought you were smart there. For you know what? Uh, just, just, just. Uh, we're actually recording this from different locations because we are. yes, because I'm out at the hunt camp and uh, it's deer season. So um, if we were beside each other, you would have got a smack right about I now. But uh, yeah. let's move on. <laughs> so, so we, we we enjoy hockey. Go Leafs, go. Go Habs, go. Um, and normally the, the ice surface is, well, frozen. Am I right? Well, that's the best way to play ice hockey. Not according to these ladies. Um, underwater hockey. Underwater hockey. Nice. Do they hold their breasts the whole time or do they have scuba tanks? Sorry, say it again? Do they hold their breasts or do they have tanks or snorkels? They hold their breath, they have flippers, they have a snorkel, and uh, they have little mini sticks, probably uh, six, I don't know, inches or so. Um, it's known as Octopush, mainly in the United <laughs> Kingdom, but there is a U.S. team. It's globally played, limited contact sport, but they do get black eyes. 
in which two teams compete to maneuver a puck across the bottom of a swimming pool into the opposing team's goal, and there's no goaltender, by propelling it with a hockey stick or bat. Uh, the key challenge of the game is that the players are not able to use breathing devices such as scuba gear whilst playing. They must hold their breath. The game originated in England in 1954 when Alan Blake said, oh, let's go underwater. And uh, keeping uh, the club members interested and active over the cold winter months uh, when open water diving lost its appeal. Underwater hockey is now played worldwide with the Confederation Montedale de Activities Subaquatics CMAS, we'll call it, uh, World Championships actually held in Canada a year before I was born in 1980 after a false start in 1979 brought about by international politics. So there you have it. Underwater hockey with a tiny little stick, a puck, and you do have to hold your breath. So even if you're going for that goal, if you don't have enough breath, you might have to go up to the surface and may lose the opportunity to score. It doesn't sound much like a live spectator sport. I mean, you'd be sitting there looking at the top of the water while they're all underneath the water. Yeah, and it kind of give you a bubble effect, <laughs> like they're in a bubble and, and it'd be distorted. So I think I'd change the channel. Yes, I'm with you there. Quick, change the channel! All right, I think I'd change the channel on that. Let's see what... Uh, so this one is, uh, so this one has so many rules, I can't even tell you all the rules, I don't because I don't even know it, but it, it, it's kind of a crazy sport, it's a, uh, it's uh, originated in South Asia, and they play it um, over there uh, quite a lot, and it involves two teams, it's, uh, it's called uh, Kabaddi, K-A-B-A-D-D-I, it's kind of a combination of wrestling, tag, Holding one's breath. Um, so what it is, it's these two teams of seven players on each side. It's kind of almost like a volleyball court. Um, and what happens is one guy goes over to the other, the defender's side, and the seven of them have to link their arms together. So mm -hmm. the guy that's gone over to the other side, he's got to either tag one of the guys or stick his foot over a line that's near the end. And once he does that, he needs to get back to his side um, of the court before being tackled and pulled back. <laughs> so, yeah, so it's really weird. So, um, I mean, so the guy that goes in, he's called the Urator. If he touches you and he makes it back to the other side, you're out of the game, and now there's only six guys left, and he gets points. Um, but there's all these other parts on the board, and it's, it's quite a, a, a dance because he's kind of – dancing in and around and the seven guys are trying to circle them without being touched and it, it's kind of like rugby and wrestling and it's really weird and sounds confusing and it is but it's 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 spectacular to watch it's another one of those things you have to look up on youtube and watch it it's um it's an interesting sport and i'm sure there's a lot of uh you know uh um, thought on how it's played and goes into it and all that kind of stuff. Um, and, 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 it, and it's constant action too. So it's a pretty cool game. I've never seen it before. Um, one that I would definitely watch. 
So that's the answer to that question. Change the channel or keep watching. Yeah, no I think watching. I keep watching. That sounds pretty interesting. Kind of reminds me of Red Rover, Red Rover. Bring Doug over. Eagle Eye, we're going over. Roger. Red Rover, Red Rover. Let Ray go over. <laughs> yeah, same. Yeah, I think that's part of that game too. Oh, the other thing is too, the Raider, the guy that's going over to tag one of those seven players or put his foot over mm -hmm. the line, he's got to he's got to take in one breath, and as he's crossed the line, he's got to say kabaddi 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 the whole time in one breath, while this is going on. If he runs out <laughs> of breath, he's done. <laughs> <laughs> That's but there, and there's all, there's so many other rules I, I I couldn't wrap my head around it at all. So, but it's pretty cool. K right, K B A D D I. Check, Check it out. out. All right. So, um, not that you're very bright because you're a Leafs fan, but uh, uh, do you enjoy some chess, Doug? I used to play chess, but uh, haven't in a long, long, long time. I enjoy me some chess, and uh, if I was here and cracking on your team, you'd be boxing me, would you oh, not? Oh, you would better be doing the Mike Tyson. Oh. <laughs> oh, I'm moving on. So <laughs> this has combined both in chess boxing. Chess boxing is a hybrid that combines two traditional pastimes, chess and boxing. The competitors compete in alternating rounds of chess in boxing. You saw some money. You don't understand. I could have had class. I could have been a contender. I could have been somebody. The battle of wits and brawn. The basic idea of chess boxing is to combine the number of one thinking sports with the number one fighting sport into a hybrid that demands the most of its competitors, both mentally and physically. The patronage of chess boxing has been taken under its wing by the World Chess Boxing Organization, the WCBO. It propagates the spread it, spreading of chess boxing to all five continents. One of the goals of this new sport is the old idea of healthy mind and healthy body. It's a little yin and yang sport I like to call chess boxing. Oh, it's so cool. So I kind of liked it. It was very, you know, calm down. Get excited. Calm down. Get excited. Oh, I just enjoyed it. It was actually invented by the French comic book artist N.K. Balau and adapted by Dutch performance artist Tepe Rippenbob. We're just going to call him Rippenbob because so, I can't say it. So, so if like we're playing chess and you take jump my rook or whatever, I get up and start boxing you? No, it's like one round of boxing and then one round of chess. And then if your timer runs out on the chess game, then you're out. If you're beaten in chess, then you're out. If you're knocked out when you're boxing, you're out. That's crazy. So there's a couple ways to win there. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> it's pretty crazy. So we asked the age-old question, do we watch or change the channel? Well, I'd really like to see the boxing part of it, but watching chess is... Wouldn't be uh it'd be a a, a, a a snorer for me, I think. So I'm changing the channel. You're changing the channel. If it was a drinking game and I was a drinker, I'd be in. I'd oh, be in. If, yeah, if they played like beer pong and boxing, that would be something to watch. <laughs> there you go. There's a good combination. So what's your next one, Douglas? Well <laughs> Toe wrestling. Put into our own hands. 
Careful, my toe! Darling, I know! This sport? Actually, like with your toes. With your toes. So it's, it's almost the same as like arm wrestling, but the players are attempting to pin down their opponent's toes for three seconds. They play alternating their bare feet. They're lying down with their feet on a board. And they cut. And they do like one, two, three, four. We declare a toe war. And the way yeah. they go. And there's separate divisions for men and women. And there's a, even a world toe wrestling championship. And this thing's been going on since the 70s. It's Longer than you've been alive, Joe. We could. We could if I didn't have such gross feet that everybody calls me I have. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, so I don't know. Um, I watched some of this, and, um, you know, your question, uh, would you watch it or change this channel? I think this sport's a little stinky for me. It's a little stinky, but I might have an advantage with the ugly feet. They might not want to match up with me, you know? Like, I used to have the same strategy in basketball, because I sweat a lot. They didn't want to go near me, though. That's, um, yeah, an image I don't think anybody wants to like put it in our head, so it's there now. Let's move on. Enjoy, people. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we talk about the hybrid sports. We've got another one for you, folks, and uh, it's joggling. J O G G L I N G. Joggling. So that is the art of jogging. Well, juggling, and the world record for joggling is 1650 by Canadian. Uh, runner, he ran 5,000 meters in 16 minutes and 50 seconds. Uh, that was uh, Michael Lucian Bergeron of Halifax. He ran that 5,000 meters like a champion. It was his third attempt, and uh, he was uh, second over the world record uh, two years in the making. Then he beat it uh, in a 5K run. So, I mean, it's pretty crazy. you got to juggle. And you got to watch your balls. <laughs> yeah, for me, when it comes to drops, you just need to get uh, get used to dropping. And you, when you drop the ball, you just pick it up again. It's just like life, you know? Sometimes you drop a ball, but you, you just pick it up and you keep going. And that's how you get better. And watch your feet at the same time. And not trip over your balls. Anyways, it's juggling. It's there, so it's only it's, it's only their balls they're handling. It's not like chainsaws or bowling pins or anything. No, I think that's extreme joggling. We'll get ah, to that next episode. There. Very good. Very good. <laughs> very good. Um, yeah, I didn't know it was a thing. Uh, so watch your pass. Um, you know what? I kind of like sports that have contact in it. So I think I'm going to give that one a pass as well. But there is one factor you're leaving out, and, and this might change your mind on changing the channel. You might watch a little longer. It's like it's like the car wreck when you pass it. You want to see if they land on their face. <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah, you never know. It's just me. I'm sick. Okay, Maybe. Fair enough. Moving on. Yours? Well, my number five. Competitive worm charming. Competitive yes, worm Yes, like worm charming is a sport. In what may be one of the most British events in existence, every year the little village of Willaston in Northern England hosts the World Worm Charming Championships. Yeah, it's exactly what it sounds like. 
in which participants attempt to lure as many earthworms out of the ground as possible within a predefined time frame. They, oh, oh, well, actually, there's very many different kinds of techniques that they use. Uh, but most common one is they simply tap the ground to, you know, a tune or whatever, and you know, they get the, the worms to emerge. Uh, but, um, you know, I'm sure they're doing dances and uh, all sorts of freaky, deaky Dutch stuff there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Okay. So you know what? And then, and then, and then, and then they go fishing, maybe. I don't know. I didn't see the end to the end of it. Hey, so I would watch the second half of that. I would watch <laughs> the fishing part. Guaranteed. Yeah. yeah. Well, I might watch the first half to get some tips to get my bait. Well, uh, there's dance. You dance around the ground, and then you jump on them. Dance around the ground. Mm. Okay. Crazy, kind of crazy, weird. You know, I guess maybe this started. It didn't. Maybe this started in a fishing town, and you know where they, you know, would have this festival and go out and catch worms, and you know, and they turned it into an event, right? Hey, let's time Fred to see see how long it gets him, and see if he can beat out uh, Francis over here. Is that like the rain dance when you have to dance for the rain, or? Yeah, but it's but it's for worms for fishermen, I guess. Okay, <laughs> so. I'm going to have to admit something here. I, I, I made a mistake, kind of like you did the last episode with uh, with um, Eugene uh, Levy's daughter, but we fixed that with a little bit of humor there. But I thought this said snow knitting. You be careful, Gandhi Pocket. Old ladies get hurt on these slopes. Bring it. So I thought you were gonna, they were going to knit with snow or like, well, there's <laughs> like skiing. Okay. But I read it wrong. It's actually snow kiting. So they have a kite, and they're attached to a snowboard. Ah. And they're, they're like, reaching new heights, pun intended. So you've been riding uh, every chance all summer, and then your kiteboarding skills have given you the confidence to feel comfortable in the most con extreme conditions. But now winter is upon us, and the water's cold and the mountains are covered with snow, you probably already have most of the gear needed for snow kiting. So why not give it a try? Snow kiting is not much different from kiteboarding on the water, but a new set of rules needs to be adapted for a different environment. Much of the standard kiteboarding gear can be used as the same uh, skill and techniques directly apply in addition to cold weather clothing. There are a variety of other gears that snow kiters can employ as winter playground provides a solid surface to kiteboard with, different challenges and dangers. So you should wear proper layering, of course, uh, um, to keep out the wind and snow. Yeah. You require a thicker base layer. This one wasn't as cool as, uh, you know, I, I would have liked to have seen them try to ski down the hill or snowboard and knitting me a sweater. <laughs> that would have been better for me. I would have probably watched that, but this is just... just it's just an extreme... You know what? It's two extreme sports put together. I I would yeah. watch that. I, you know, it's the same old thing, though. I'd watch it to see if, uh, you know, somebody wipes out. Well, let me ask the you, agony you of the feet. watch a kiteboarder or a nanny knitting while skiing or snowboarding? Just saying. 
There's not enough knitters out there. We can bring it back, Doug. We can bring back the knitting. Well, let me know how that goes. Why would you look at that? That's a nice sweater. I will. <laughs> okay, yours next. I've done five there, sir, Joseph. You've done five. Okay, so I've done five, so... That is our five. That is our five. Which is ten. I don't do math very well. That's all, folks. So those are the top five each from me and Doug of the uh, sports you never heard of and uh, whether we turn the channel or uh, continue watching. Uh, so what do we got for them next week, Doug? Um, I think we're going to head over to uh, the paranormal side of things and uh, check oh. out a few uh, haunted locations in, well, Canada, right? And it's October 4th today, so we're in the right month. That's right. To scare them out of their babies. Beautiful. <laughs> Good stuff. I'm not excited. Not at all. <laughs> all right, Joe. Well, so there's our two cents. All the best. And there's our two cents. That you didn't ask for. Indeed. See you next week. Talk folks. to you next time. Pull my finger. <laughs>